20 years of war are over. The U.S. military has completed its mission in Afghanistan. And for 12 of the 13 Americans killed in the suicide bombing at Kabul airport last week, war is all they've ever known. approach the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, we've come to realize something. War is now our normal. These 12 American heroes were too young to remember what life was like before that infamous Tuesday morning when everything changed. And after two decades, trillions of dollars, and thousands of lives, the Taliban is better equipped than ever. This week in Kabul, there was a parade celebrating the Taliban's newly captured American-made weapons. There's bad news everywhere we turn nowadays, but there's good news, too. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners. God's Word proclaims this gospel to us, and we can hide His Word in our hearts. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're continuing in a series called Hiding God's Word. This has been a challenging series, not in a depressing way, but in a fun way. A challenge for you and me to hide more of God's Word in our hearts. And as we'll see in these next minutes, we know this effort comes with great promise. It will not return void. It'll do good things in our lives. It'll revive our dry hearts and fill us with hope. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking with Aaron House, the leader of Piercing Word Ministries. This young man has a passion for not only memorizing Scripture himself, but also for helping all God's people hide his word in their own hearts. If you didn't hear my interview with Aaron last week after the program, I invite you to visit haventoday.org and listen to the extended interview we did with Aaron on our Great Stories podcast. Now, I want you to hear from Aaron's wife, Emily, as she shares about the blessing she's found and hiding the Bible in her heart and mind. The time in my life where the Lord used scripture the most um, and taught me the most how to cling to his word was in the first few years of my marriage to Aaron, um, where I went through multiple miscarriages. And it was probably the hardest thing I've ever walked through uh, with the Lord. And during that time of grieving, I learned how to cling to the the word of the Lord, Um, specifically Psalm 34 ministered to me so much. I clung to those truths. I look back now, we have two rambunctious little kiddos, and I look back at them as God's faithfulness to me. I'm reminded of how the Lord used scripture to comfort me and remind me of his truths and how the Lord taught me to praise Him and to magnify His name in a grieving season, um, as well as now in a joyful season where um, the Lord has answered me. And the scripture that I've memorized for piercing word performances is not only valuable on stage because it stays with me, and the Lord has brought it to my mind just in my everyday life and not just on stage. That's Emily House, who co-authored a book with her husband, Darren, called Warriors of the Word, 
the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories. You'll be able to read how God's Word is ministered to Aaron and Emily in their trials and tribulations in their lives. And you'll learn practical steps for memorizing God's Word and hiding it in your own heart. Imagine the joy you'll find when you start to treasure God's Word in your own heart. So call us after this program. Make a gift to Haven today, but ask for a copy of Warriors of the Word. Our number to call is 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And while you're there, you can check out the video we shot with Aaron, where he gives three simple steps to memorizing Scripture. And when you get in touch with us, let us know if you'd like to get extra copies to share with your family or friends. It's a great way to challenge each other to hide the Word of God in your hearts. And now, Scripture Lullabies, Jay Stalker opens this haven today. I seek you, Lord, with all my heart Don't let me stray, Lord, from your commands I hide your Where it will all 
Hidden in My Heart by Jay Stalker with Scripture Lullabies. Opening this haven today, I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me today. Sometimes we just need to be stopped in our tracks, don't we? Maybe we have a sense of self-importance and pride that's nothing other than idolizing ourselves. Or perhaps we're acting as if we don't need our Lord's blessing to accomplish something with our lives. Or... And stop me if this sounds familiar. Maybe we're responding to something in anger, and not even righteous anger. In these moments, as we need to be confronted and reoriented, nothing speaks to us like God's holy word. With us today is Adelina Wenger from Piercing Word Ministries, and she's going to share how she hid God's word in her heart and how it spoke to her at a most opportune time. Two books of the Bible that I worked on memorizing when I began with Piercing Word are the books of James and Jonah. And God has used those in many different ways in my life. But one specific way that God used both of those books together was when I was driving actually to a Piercing Word event where I was going to be um, joining and teaching for the summer camp. And I, someone behind me was really, really impatient and um, I was not turning as fast as they wanted me to. Once they got around me, they were uh, very angry and giving me lots of hand signals in the rear view mirror. And I started to feel very angry back at them. And God brought to mind two separate passages uh, to convict me in that moment. One was from the book of Jonah, where God asks Jonah multiple times, do you do well to be angry? And then from the book of James, where it says, know this, my beloved brothers, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So God brought those two passages to my mind to convict me in that moment. And I wanted to just sit and revel in that anger at that person for how they were treating me when I had done nothing wrong. But God used those passages to bring conviction to my heart and to help me to release that anger uh, and to follow what James says that that anger would not have produced the righteousness of God. So I am so thankful for the memorization principles that are found in Warriors of the Word, and I I highly recommend them to every believer so that you can have moments like that with the Lord where He brings conviction to your heart and helps you to walk closer with Him. Here are verses 19 through 25 of James chapter 1. Know this, my beloved brothers, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James 1, 19-25 This is Haven Today, and a program called Hiding God's Word. And I'm thankful we could hear from Adelina Winger from Piercing Word Ministries. Sometimes the Bible hits us squarely between the eyes. As I was listening to Adelina, I couldn't help but think about times in my own life when similar things happened. And I'm sure you can think of similar things from your own life, too. But what if we aren't often in God's Word? And what if we don't hide His Word in our hearts? As we've talked about this week, a frighteningly high percentage of professing Christians rarely read their Bibles, let alone memorize any Scripture. Now think about this with me. Join me. Let's step back 2,000 years. We're in the Promised Land, but the promises seem to be failing. Jesus had not yet come, and Israel was awaiting the Messiah. But God had been silent for almost 400 years. No prophets, no messages, nothing. Well, that's not entirely true. They still had the Word, the Hebrew Bible, and their lives centered around it through the synagogues. You know, I've been in old synagogues in Israel before, even one that went back to the first century A.D. I'll never forget it either. When I was in Capernaum, most of what's called the Byzantine synagogue was still there. Underneath it, the actual remains of the synagogue where Jesus would have preached two millennia before. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? In some ways, it's hard to believe that we can see the ruins of a building where our Lord once taught people from his own word. But it's true. If you and I were to attend a synagogue service 2,000 years ago, we would probably be surprised at how familiar it all seemed. Well, we'd have to learn Aramaic, of course, but many of the things we do in Christian churches today have their beginnings in what happened in synagogues before Jesus was born. You and I are seated around the perimeter where all the benches or seats are placed We watch the people of God gather and enter the building. That's familiar to us, although during this COVID pandemic, we're probably less used to it than we would like. Elders would have been present, precursors in some way to the elders we read about in the New Testament. Prayers would have been offered to God, just like in our worship services today. And then the word was read, and not only one passage, First, there would be a reading from the Torah, the first five books of Moses, and as many as seven sections of the Torah would be read. Afterwards, there would be a reading from the prophets, which could have been any other book from the Old Testament. And then there was the sermon. This all sounds quite familiar to our modern ears, wouldn't you say? 
But here's a big difference. The vast majority of God's people in those days didn't have their own copy of God's Word. Scrolls were too expensive, and many of them couldn't read anyway. But they could listen, and they could memorize. You see, they didn't have high literacy rates like we do. And they didn't have cheap, readily accessible copies of the Bible to take for granted like we do either. If they were going to know what their Lord said to them, it was because they heard someone else read it and because they had hidden it away in their own hearts. Maybe it would be a good idea to look at one of the passages that they would have known and loved and doubtlessly memorized. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God always has a purpose for his word. It never returns to him empty. This was true in Isaiah's day when the people of Judah knew they would soon be exiled. It was true in between the Testaments, when the people of God worshipped in synagogues and waited for the Messiah through hundreds of years of silence, and they memorized this passage. It brought comfort and hope to them. God's Word is not useless. It's powerful. It accomplishes exactly what the Lord wants. And ultimately, the purpose of God's Word is to tell us about the Christ— to proclaim to us the great story that's all about Jesus. Isn't that worth memorizing? Is there anything more worthy of being hidden in our hearts today? I think it would be good if you and I were to spend a little more time like the ancient Jews, at least in one way. We should spend more time with God's Word, and we should be intentional about hiding it in our hearts. After all, it will accomplish what our Lord desires and achieve the purpose for which he sent it. And when we feel dry, so often the Lord uses his word to abide with us, to even revive us like rain on a barren land. Oh, how we need him to abide with us. Oh God, I am furrowed like the field, torn open like the dirt. And I know that to be healed That I must be broken first I am aching for the yield That you will harvest from this hurt Abide in me Let these branches bear your fruit Abide in me, Lord As I abide in you So I kneel at the bright edge of the garden At the golden edge of dawn At the glowing edge of spring When the winter's edge is gone And I can see the color green I can hear the sower's song 
abide in me. Let these branches bear your fruit. Abide in me, Lord. Let your word take root. Remove in me the branch that bears no fruit. And move in me, Lord, as I abide in you. As the rain and the snow fall down from the sky, and they don't return, but they water the earth and they bring forth life, giving seed to the sower and bread for the hunger. So shall the word of the Lord be with a sound like thunder, and it will not return. It will not return void. We shall be led in peace and go out with joy. And the hills before us will raise their voices, and the trees of the field will clap their hands as the land rejoices. And instead of the thorn now, the cypress towers. And instead of the briar, the myrtle blooms with a thousand flowers. And it will make a name, make a name for our God, a sign everlasting that will never be cut off. As the earth brings forth, sprouts from the seed. Justice and praise to rise before the nations till the end of days. As the rain and the snow fall down from the sky, and they don't return, but they water the earth and they bring forth life. Give a seed to the sower and bread for the hunger. So shall the world. Called the Sower's Song, and with lyrics coming right out of Isaiah 55. Andrew Peterson wrote it, singing it for us here on Haven Today. Before we have to go, I just want to confess something to you. I just didn't have enough faith. I like Aaron and Emily's book called Warriors of the Word, but I just wasn't sure if a book about memorizing scripture was going to connect with our audience, with you. And let me say, I was wrong. We have been absolutely overwhelmed and blessed by the response. So many of you have reached out and asked for a copy of this book so that you can better hide God's word in your heart. And many listeners have 
gotten multiple copies, two, three, ten, even twenty-five copies to share with others and challenge them to take up this unique blessing. So if you haven't asked for a copy of Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories, it's still not too late. Call us right now. Make your gift to Haven Today, and we'll send it out to you ASAP. I know it'll help you to memorize Scripture, and you'll be deeply blessed by doing this. For your gift to the ministry, we'll send you a copy. Just call us right now at 800 654 2836 800-65-HAVEN. And if you want to send extra copies of this book to someone you love or get multiple copies for a Bible study or your family members or even your church, just let us know how many you'd like and make a generous gift and we'll get them out the door ASAP. You can also go on our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And when you visit our website, take a listen to our Great Stories podcast where we posted an extended interview yesterday with Aaron House. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when we get to share again together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The end is near. The end is near. Back in the day, you'd see a number of street preachers holding cardboard signs with that phrase written in big block letters, the end is near. And almost always, these street preachers would proclaim the latest conspiracy theories and how they prove the end of the world is nigh. But the Apostle John was not a street preacher, and he wasn't a conspiracy theorist. He saw a vision of Christ, a vision of the end. Revelation 22.7 records the words of Jesus, Behold, I am coming soon. Not the end, but his return. A new beginning is near. Blessed are those who keep his word tucked in their hearts. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.